This is part two of my journey with ayahuasca. Disclaimer. If this episode inspires you to commune with ayahuasca, please do a lot of research before you attend a ceremony. This plant medicine has become very popular and not everyone is equipped or spiritually aligned enough to offer it. My experience was possible because of a friend's referral and my own research. Also, please take their dietary restrictions seriously. Ayahuasca does make you sick, so you want to make sure your stomach has been fed gentle foods before drinking it. I will not be mentioning the name of this retreat, the hosts, or any participant. One of the two hosts quieted the room and introduced herself. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My wife and I are your hosts for the weekend. We're so pleased you've come to our retreat to commune with Mother Ayahuasca. She has so much to show you. As she spoke, I couldn't help but feel her aura. Both she and her wife glowed with some kind of angelic energy. They were beautiful and felt incredibly powerful, as if they'd transformed a hundred times before. Some things to remember, she continued. You will get sick. It's a part of the cleansing, so allow yourself to purge when you feel it's time. I don't want to push you to do anything you don't want to do, but if you hold her inside, you're holding in poison. So try to let it go. You'll all be responsible for your own waste. We'll show you what to do when we enter the ceremony room. Before we begin, we'll line you up against the wall, close to each other, but separated from those you came with. It'll feel tight at first, but after you put on the eye masks and the medicine starts to move in you, you'd think you were a million miles away from everyone. You can drink as many times as you feel necessary, but please let the medicine sit in your stomach for a while before you take another drink. Also, please don't worry about another's experience. You are here for yourself. You're not expected to be mothers. My wife and I and the shaman will be there with you throughout the journey. Come to us if you need anything. But try to move through it on your own if you can. Some of you won't see anything on the first night, so be easy on yourself and relax. We have two nights together. I was reminded of my dream, but quickly brushed the thought away. My wife and I have been working with ayahuasca for five years now, with our shaman, who has over 20 years' experience. He's just returned from Colombia. We're so glad to have him back. Those who are new will meet him soon. Some of you who've been here often know it's his birthday tomorrow. He's so pleased to spend it with you all. What? I was shocked. It was my birthday tomorrow. We chose to attend a ceremony on the weekend of my birthday, and I shared a birthday with the shaman? What a sign. I felt completely assured I was ready for whatever she had to show me. As she finished her introduction, she gave her final words. Please try your best to stay awake. If you fall asleep, the visions come as dreams, and you won't remember them as easily. You want to feel her fully so you can integrate what she has to say. There will be music playing through the speakers and the sound will fill the room. 
if at any point your body starts to feel uncomfortable from one of the songs, I urge you to come to consciousness enough to see what's on the other side. Often, the source of our strength is on the other side of our pain. We've assigned where each of you will be in the ceremony space. So when you're ready, line up outside of the door to the ceremony room so we can escort you. We'll perform a pre-ceremony to open us to the spiritual world, and then we'll drink. The medicine does not taste good, but the shaman has provided Skittles to eat after. Once you've drank, return to your place and meditate. Okay, let's head down and get you all settled into your sleeping places, and then we'll begin the ceremony. We'll start in around 30 minutes. We all stood to leave the house. We followed the host to the pool house about 20 yards away. Everyone dispersed throughout the living area, putting their things where they planned to sleep. My friend and I were shown our bedroom, a bunk bed with an extra cot to the side. We put down our clothes, got our sleeping bags and yoga mats, and lined up with the others to enter the ceremony room. They put me pretty far from my friend, but I was ready to face this part alone. I finally saw the shaman as he made his way around the room, smiling hello to everyone. He was on the shorter side and thinner, with dark features, expressing a welcoming and friendly energy. He was very funny and lightened the mood of the room. He came over to me to smile hello, and I asked him, Is it your birthday tomorrow? Yes, he replied, beaming. No way, it's my birthday too. I stood up to give him a hug, and we both yelled, Happy birthday! As I waited for them to finish settling everyone in, I examined the room, trying to imagine a pool with crystals underneath us. There was wood all around, wood floors, wood beams, wood doors. The layout was a large rectangle lined with windows, ink black from the night. There was one single window on the far left end that framed a large circular art installation, the one I saw on the website. It was stained glass with all sorts of colors, green, red, purple, blue, all put together like a puzzle. It had to be about 11 o'clock. Everyone had been lined up along the wall of the ceremony room, less than a foot from each other. We were all given a small bucket lined with a compostable bag, along with an eye mask. The other host led us one by one into a separate room, where the shaman assisted each of us in snuffing tobacco to cleanse our minds. It burned like crazy. We all returned to our places, stood in front of our sleeping bags, and waited for the original host to begin the pre-ceremony. We mirrored her movements and words, calling the four corners and praying to the animals for guidance and safe passage. Then, the host turned off the overhead lights and we all lined up to drink with the shaman. The music started to play. There were speakers hanging from the ceiling, filling the room with shamanic drumming and nature sounds supported by beautiful music. The bass massaged your bones. Twinkle lights pulsed on and off behind the stained glass art piece, illuminating one color, then another, adding to the already dreamlike atmosphere. 
The shaman was offering the plant medicine at the far end of the room. He was surrounded by animal bones, shells, feathers, trinkets, drums, and a rain stick. When it was my turn, I drank as quickly as I could to avoid the taste. It was just as bad as they warned, but the Skittles helped. I nodded thank you and headed back to my mat. I put on my eye mask, nestled into my sleeping bag, and waited for her arrival. Time was irrelevant in this space. There was no way to tell how long I'd been laying there waiting for the medicine to work, but it felt like hours. So far, all I felt was sick. I was getting a headache, sweating all over, and very nauseous. I was frustrated. I couldn't stop thinking about the dream. Maybe it was tripping me up. The more I tried to let go, the further away it felt. I was starting to think it wouldn't happen. I noticed someone having a hard time, so I got up to tell the hosts. They'd also taken the plant medicine and were sitting on a tan sofa on the same end of the room as the shaman. They were giggling and watching on like relaxed protectors. There's someone over there that's moaning a lot. She may need help, I said. Don't worry about anyone else, said one of the hosts. We're watching everyone. Focus on yourself. I felt so silly for getting one of her cardinal rules, don't be a mother. I walked over to the shaman and asked for a second drink. He smiled, poured me the mud mixture, and gave me the Skittles to mask the taste. I went back to my mat, hoping the extra dose would do the trick. I put my eye mask back on and laid down. I was trying to relax to the music, but all I could hear was moaning from everyone around me. Everyone was sick and unsettled, but I'd expected more from myself. If I was truly sensitive to unseen forces, why was I unable to commune with Mother Ayahuasca? How did I let a dream get into my head? What was all this for? I decided to throw up and fall asleep, disgraced. Some psychic I am, I thought. I went to my bucket, released my nausea, and laid down. In spite of what they told us about sleeping, I was too upset with myself to stay awake. I pulled the eye mask over my eyes and rolled over onto my side. I was done. As I lay there, intent on drifting off, I was suddenly aroused awake by an energy that enveloped me. It felt like a continual wave pushing toward me, then away from me on all sides of my body. I saw repeating tribal patterns, like an infinite quilt flowing across the inside of my eyes. I laid there, feeling the pulsation, pulling it toward me, when the energy shifted encapsulating me inside something circular and firm. There was a heartbeat pulsing on the outside of this energy, and I realized where I was. I was in a womb. There is no other way to describe it. I was in what felt like the simulation of a womb. 
This went on for who knows how long, until the feeling started to subside. The music from the speakers had stopped. The hosts were playing instruments and singing, performing their own song that they'd written while on the medicine. As I lay listening to them, I realized why I'd had that dream the night before. I went into this experience like a warrior. But ayahuasca needs you to be a passive receiver. You're not the one in control. If I hadn't had that dream, I don't know if I would have tried to fall asleep, which resulted in my truly letting go. After their song, I got up and walked over to the shaman for a third drink. I wanted to go further. Ready for a birthday shot? I said with a smile. He beamed, as if knowing I'd met her, and readied the medicine. He poured for us both, and we clinked our wooden bowls together to cheers. After I ate the Skittles, I told him about the womb surrounded by a heartbeat. He gave me a turtle shell to put on my pelvis. This will attract more to you, he said. I went back over to my mat, hoping she'd return. I connected that the trip began after I threw up, so I let the medicine set in, and once I felt nauseous enough, I released. I pulled on the eye mask and waited. A mesmerizing song started to play. I heard rainforest sounds behind electronic beats and indigenous music. My mind's eye showed me a large tree in the middle of the rainforest, lit up by different colors. Suddenly... My whole body began to ache from the sounds. The musical notes ripped through my skull and the drums punched my body. I was in more pain than I'd ever experienced in my life. It was torture. I was begging for ayahuasca to leave my body. Then I remembered the host's words during her introduction. If at any point your body starts to feel uncomfortable during one of the songs, I urge you to come to consciousness enough to see what's on the other side. The source of our strength is on the other side of our pain. I quieted my inner voice and listened. Though my body was suffering, I understood the music didn't correspond with my pain. It was too beautiful. But if I'm not being hurt by the music, then what's really hurting me? Almost immediately, all of the pain stopped, as if evaporating into the air. There was something else there now. Something really big, and powerful. I could feel its rib cage outside of my rib cage, breathing at a different rate than me. I could sense its fur all around me and its paws engulfing my hands. I could feel a tail and a long neck that led up to a heavy head. In my mind's eye, A purple light danced all around like an aurora borealis, and there, 
Silhouetted in the glowing light was the spirit animal that surrounded me now. I was in the body of a black panther. I was stunned. I laid there as still as I could, soaking in the feeling of this gigantic animal. It wasn't just visceral, it was my soul as well. I was still awake and present, but with a completely non-human nervous system. I don't think there's a word in English that can describe the feeling, but imagine instinctual trust in one's own capabilities and strength. We humans build our self-confidence on achievements and applause, oftentimes needing higher mountains to climb to prove ourselves further. Not a big cat. They are born confident in themselves. I wanted to sit up to feel how this animal moves. I gracefully pushed myself up with my arms while my lower half remained on the sleeping bag, no muscles activated. I couldn't see anything with the mask on, but I heard some of the others making animal noises, grunts, howls, and heavy breathing. I wanted to let my Black Panther speak. I didn't know what was going to come out. I let my breath go, and the animal let out a snarl. That's it. No roar, just a snarl, like a growl. I tried again, but still the same thing. I felt like I couldn't roar. I couldn't do anything but snarl. I held on to the Black Panther as long as I could, but eventually it left me. I turned back into a complex human with fears and self-doubt. I got up swiftly, walked over to the hosts. I told them everything I didn't want to forget. They patiently listened and affirmed me. They told me that a spirit animal had decided to merge with me and that I should study the animal to understand its gifts. I went back over to the shaman for one last drink. It was my fourth of the evening, an amount I wouldn't recommend to any of you. I repeated as I had before, first releasing the nausea, then laying down to receive her. The final trip was the most mild of the evening. The sun was beginning to rise and everyone was winding down. The hosts took their leave to make us all breakfast, while the rest of us stayed in our sleeping bags or moved into our sleeping areas. Everyone was quiet. Before breakfast, my friend and I relayed our experiences. I told her about the womb and merging with the Black Panther. That's crazy, she said. I saw a Black Panther walking around the room. That afternoon, while my friend slept, I walked around the pond, trying to bring back the feeling of instinctual trust. I'd never even thought of a Black Panther as my spirit animal. It was the year before the film Black Panther opened in cinemas, so it wasn't even on my cultural radar. What was it trying to tell me? Why was it on the other side of my pain? At dinner, I sat next to the shaman with my friend on the other side of me. We were all chatting quietly when the hosts and a few of the guests surprised the shaman and me with a zucchini birthday cake. Zucchini to stay within the dietary restrictions. We both blew out the candles and everyone laughed and clapped, lightening the mood. 
If you didn't know, zucchini cake is delicious. That night, we repeated the pre-ceremony and took our place in line to drink the plant medicine. I drank as many times as I did the night before, but I didn't have the same experience. On my first drink, I tried to encourage the medicine by throwing up, but my body didn't respond as it had the night before. I drank again, but this time I kept it in and waited. The hallucinations began. How did it change like that? She's truly a mystery. I was more aware of the people around me. Some of them who hadn't experienced anything the previous night were feeling it now. The eye masks helped. We were all alone in our own little worlds. One person was sitting up, letting an invisible energy cascade over their body. Another was dancing to the music, happiness emanating from them. At one point, a mother who lost her son began to scream. I was told this was her 16th visit, always trying to connect with him. The last drink I had set me over the edge. If I thought the pain I felt the night before was bad, this was three times worse. I saw in my mind's eye a woman being stretched over the length of the world, pumping out endless resources. I was in so much pain, I could only imagine what she was feeling. I forced myself to go to sleep. It was too much to handle. It felt like I had been put in a small box and shaken violently. I got a small glimpse into the feeling of the Earth's destruction. The next morning, it was time to go. Ayahuasca's effects wear off very quickly with no lingering issues, so everyone was fine to drive. We all had breakfast together and hugged each other goodbye. My friend and I set off for our nine-hour drive home. We got back and talked a bit more about our experience and went to bed. I headed to the airport the next day. On the flight home, I wondered where the Black Panther had come from. I searched my mind for any sign of this animal in my past. I found myself in my childhood looking at my old altar that I covered with candles. Before I dismantled it, I had collected at least 50 candles with an attachment to each one. But I never felt drawn to animal candles. Except one. A black panther. I remembered. It was about six inches long, and it was walking or mid-run. I looked at it often, never burning it. I didn't want to lose it. It had broken in one of the many moves after my parents' divorce. I got home, hopped on the computer, and looked up the Black Panther's spirit animal. I could see now why it was on the other side of my fear. This animal is active at night and therefore ruled by the moon, making it highly intuitive and psychic. They show us how to welcome the darkness and arouse our inner knowledge and our ability to transform. They have over 400 muscles to use at will, giving them ultimate power over their movements. They have heightened senses, hearing and seeing far distances in the dark. And it turns out, panthers don't roar, they snarl. 
Next episode, I'll take you through leaving my acting career, the struggle to become a professional reader, and some incredible psychic moments. But for now, we'll go on to the eights. The eights in the minor arcana represent power and achievement. When you pull an eight, your sense of resolve is being activated by the element of the suit. Numerology labels this number success and advancement. It continues the third grouping, so there's an inherent need for change. The Eight of Wands depicts fast movement and delivery. Whatever you've set in motion is running smoothly and will arrive on time. Maybe you've just sent something in the mail or are expecting new developments. This card affirms a hasty turnaround time. This is the power of an effective system and the change that comes from swift and synchronized actions. When I pull the Eight of Wands in a reading, I know the person has sent or approved something that is developing quickly. Maybe they submitted their application to a school for higher education or commissioned outside assistance to complete a project like a website or interior design. Or maybe they're enjoying traveling or vacation, everything running seamlessly. They could even find themselves swept up in a fast-moving relationship. This card indicates they're heading quickly in some direction. When I pull this card for myself, I know whatever I've planned is going to hit the ground running. If I have a million errands, every one of them is getting done and at record speed. If I have a deadline, I'll make it with time to spare. If I need assistance, it'll arrive swiftly and fix everything efficiently. I feel the power behind the energy propelling me forward and safeguarding me from mistakes and mishaps. The Eight of Cups marks the ending of a chapter and the potential for a new story. This can be a sad decision, but one that you've accepted. You're ready for a new life that doesn't resemble the old. This could be retirement, closure from a relationship, or simply ending a long-term project you felt very attached to. When I pull this card in a reading, I know the person is finally able to say goodbye to something that was once very important to them. They walked across the bridge of grief and accepted that there's more out there. Maybe they've tried to salvage a relationship that was just never going to work, or left a position that they felt was no longer right for them. There's power in acceptance, even if you don't know what lies ahead. When I pull this card for myself, I know it's time to wrap up something that's taken a lot of mental and emotional energy. I've put all that I have into a project or idea, but now I'm ready to move on. It may or may not have worked out the way I planned, but no matter what, I'm over it, ready for a new feeling of excitement and hope. The Eight of Swords represents frustration and entrapment. You can't think your way out of this, so you either wait for someone to come save you or risk cutting your hands on the swords trying to get out. So oftentimes we wait, though this card usually means no one's coming. Many readers will push the idea that you're playing the victim, but to me, this card speaks to true fear and an inescapable position. You may have to stay with your hands tied until it's the right time to get away. The power in this card is in your right to freedom and happiness. When I pull this card in a reading, I know the person has resigned themselves to their cage. They're under a lot of pressure, 
and need to come to their own conclusions. They tell me, what can I do? I can't just leave. I advise them to acknowledge their unhappiness and their right to feel safe and valued whether they choose to leave or not. Owning their power may end up in a loss, but they'll eventually have to confront their fear of the unknown. When I pull this card in my own readings, I know I'm frustrated about where I am in my life. I'm refusing to open up to new ways of thinking, or maybe I'm just too tired to start again. No matter what, the conclusion I come to will take time to arrive, so I remind myself to stay calm or maybe take a mental health break. The Eight of Pentacles represents focus and improvement. You could be working on a new skill or refining your current ones. This card is about perfection and precision. It's when you're totally absorbed, almost zen-like, dedicated to a mission or purpose. The power that comes with this upgrade brings achievement and success. When I pull this card in a reading, I know the person is focused on improving some aspect of themselves or their work. Maybe they're focused on good mental health habits or routines that offer a better quality of life. They may be learning a new skill that they can add to their resume or use to leverage a better position. They're feeling in the flow, dedicated to the process, embracing the work it takes to get better. When I pull this card in my own readings, I know I'm well prepared. I created my to-do list and gathered everything I needed to complete my tasks. I'm focused spending my time wisely, crossing each one of them off the list. I'm in a meticulous mood, making sure everything is done perfectly. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, blessed be.